This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. Welcome to episode four of the Authentic Entrepreneurs. My name is Stu Saunders and that over there is Nick Foley. Turn off my music. We were listening to some um, motivational music. I was. Um, and because we you were, we all are. Because I was, <laughs> we all are. Welcome to episode four of the Authentic Entrepreneurs. Uh, we are pumped this week to build on the ups and downs, the rigmarole, the journey that is entrepreneurship. Um, and I think, Nick, one of the biggest things uh, we talked about way back in the uh, first, I think it was the first episode we talked about about the fact that 50% of businesses do not make it to one year. I think that's what we talked about back yep. in the day. Um, and I think one of the reasons why is because people expect, um, they expect quick return. They expect right. to make money. They think that they should be the next Logan Paul. They should be the next Uber. They should be the next whatever. They should be making that money quick. Um, and often you'll find that People look at Uber, for instance, and they think um, they were overnight successes. It was actually six years before they really made any successful move. Like it was six years they were trying to build their business mm -hmm. before you even heard Uber existed. So it's not overnight. It takes time. It takes <clears throat> a long game. But the reason why people get discouraged, obviously, is failure. Yeah. Failure is the biggest reason why people quit anything, not just entrepreneurship. Like sports or music theater uh writing whatever it is failure failure sucks right but entrepreneurship it 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 successes is so misrepresented because you see the big successes in entrepreneurship and you think that'll be me right more than more than even sports now i think we've all accepted the fact that sports a very small percentage of sports people like lots of play hockey baseball football but a very small percentage make it to the to the majors, and so we don't see that as much with entrepreneurship because there isn't like a a P A P E L the professional entrepreneurship professional entrepreneurship league or league. Yeah, Can't league, even yeah. say it. Say it. Professional entrepreneurs league yeah. doesn't exist. So we think everyone's successful. So I thought this week uh, on the show we would talk about failure failure something we know both we both know lots about yeah um you know being in the game long as you have for the last you know 26 27 years and and myself as uh, an entrepreneur and the same kind of thing we both we've both experienced uh lots of failure and where did, where did i read i don't know if it was winston churchill that said um i will never 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 give up oh <laughs> yeah he said that um, and that's exactly what I wasn't going to say, but that's exactly oh, what he did say. He um, but it's, it's going from uh, failure to failure with no or less enthusiasm. And I, I really... Say that one more time. He, success is going from failure to failure with no less enthusiasm. Right. And I feel like if you have, you know, yourself, your mindset into a long game, you know, it's realizing that, you know, it's not going to be an overnight success. You will, no matter how many times you get told no, you're going to get up early yeah. and you're going to do your stuff. You're going to yeah. run your morning protocols to get yourself ready. And you're going to continue to, to so commit to the long. Stick to it. Exactly. Con, 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 commit to the long process, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if it was where I read it uh, not too long ago, but they said, you know, expect to be consistent in order to be successful. Expect to be consistent for at least 10 years. 
you know, and, yeah. and it, it could be earlier for some, and it, it might have been, might not be, but the reality of it is, is that so many people, as you've mentioned, so many people quit after three or four months I'm not seeing a return, let's just, uh, forget it, I'll just go back and, yeah. and do my own. There was a, uh, an article on, I think it was HuffPo, for those who don't know, HuffPo is the cool way of saying Huffington Post, um, but HuffPo that said 97% of people, now these numbers are probably wrong, um, but do you know that 62.8% of all statistics are made up on the spot? <laughs> like that one you just made up? Yep. <laughs> 97% of all uh, of people in general don't go after their goal, don't go after their passion, don't go after their dream for fear of failure. So 97 don't even don't even don't even try. Don't even go out because they're so scared of being rejected. They're so scared of that failure. And I think if you want to get into real entrepreneurship, Again, not self-employment, mm -hmm. different things. If you want to be a self-employed person is someone who sells Tupperware, who sells one of these at-home party things, and you can create a, create a great life. Um, but there's also failure that comes to that. That doesn't always work sure. out. But if you really want to be entrepreneur, entrepreneurial and build a great business, commit the minimum of three to five years, mm -hmm. minimum three to five years, um, or don't try it all, uh, and prepare for some massive slaps in the face. Well, I mean, in, in speaking to that, let's let's get into it. What are some of uh, let's let's share what would what, what would you say is you know maybe share a few stories to on um, some of your failures, but not only your failures and and, and those they always make for an interesting story, as you know. I always mm -hmm. find that that some of my best stories are the ones that I that I failed at, but. Your failures, let's talk about that. And let's yeah. also talk about what the lesson learned from that failure was. And I think that would be pretty valuable for our learners or for our listeners. Our, li our learners. Our, well, who are, who are, are hopefully, listening are hopefully learning. Our learners are listening. I'm our listeners, listeners are, are learning. learning. I'm hoping. Um, I would say, doing? you know, Nick, I, I would say that I've had more failures than, um, than I've had successes. The problem is I've had a, lo I've had a longer journey. Mm -hmm. So I've able to, my successes have been able to stick around and grow. And my failures are hopefully... Uh, forgotten and and I learned in you know the old the old adage um, you learn more from falling on your face than you'll ever learn in school Billy Joel mm -hmm. the great prophet um, but it's so true I mean I think I, I've had so many flipping failures um, and they're massive like I'm talking not like I hoped to have um, you know I'd hoped to sign a contract with X and it didn't work out I'm talking about Back in 1999, I built uh, a website. I didn't build it. We hired someone to build it uh, called op4.com. And it stood for Our Place for Education, Entertainment, and Empowerment. That was the idea of it. And um, we went the route of, uh, it was back in 1990, early 99, maybe late 98, um, there was a big influx of websites. It was the dot, the dot yeah, boom, the boom, dot yeah. boom, the dot com boom. And if you had a decent idea, kind of like with apps now, if you had a decent idea that kind of maybe potentially could have revenue, then you got investment. And there was a bunch of teen-based websites that were focused on, on, on teens in the early 20s um, to kind of exp exploit that age group. And uh, most of them were just pure crap. There was one called Bolt.com, B-O-L-T.com. And they had raised, I believe they had raised $40 million in capital. Uh, Somewhere, it was a huge amount like that. And their website was horrible. It was awful. It was like, this is all predating Facebook. Sure. 
um, and long predating Instagram and Snapchat. So, and just for the, for our listeners, we will talk about the difference between you know building a business and raising capital in, in, in future episodes, yes, just so people 100%. understand, because it's not the same. Not the same thing. And so a buddy of mine who worked for a large marketing firm in New York called me up one night and he said, listen, we just picked up Bolt.com's account. I'm looking at their product, that they're put their, what they're putting on the internet, and it's horrible. It's cheesy, it's, it's shallow, it's like hangover. Uh, it was like articles on how to get over hangover, how to pick up girls, how to pick up guys, how to dress, you know, just crap like that. Um, I think with your, your connection with kids through your speaking and other programs you run, your summer camps, et cetera, you could create a really great program, a really great website for kids that was positive. And so that's where it all started, and it went through three different three different um, creations. First, it was called Echo Drive, no, UrbanDog.com, and then EchoDrive.com, and then finally OP4.com. And I reached out to a friend in Vancouver who was a VC guy. I told him my idea that I wanted to create a website of value for young people. Again, I'm not making this up. I had a purpose. The purpose was to create a value of website a valuable website for kids to connect with and be on and interact with, et cetera, et cetera. That was what I wanted. I didn't have a purpose of making millions of dollars. My purpose was to create a, a place that kids could go that was safe and had value. And so we quickly got uh, a lot of money. We quickly got a, uh, half a million dollars in financing, like literally 24 hours. Um, and then I got a couple of great lessons in this, but, um, and then we, we, we ended up raising about $5 million. Um, and here's a, here's a great VC story about right raising money for those who think they can raise money um, with just the wow factor of what their potential is. And that's, I always love that Dragon's Den episode where they say something and then one of the dragons just shoots them down and said, yeah, but you have to, you have to work your ass off yeah. to build a business. It's not all potential. There's got to be some, 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 some values and base. Some, um, there's got to be something. To, it has to start from somewhere. Substance, yeah. Substance, yeah. And so um, we were supposed to meet with uh, a gentleman who was the chairman of, of uh, Lionsgate Films. And so myself, I was the president um, of the company, the, I'm one who created the company, the president, and then our CEO, a guy named Ray, and our CFO, a guy named Tom. And we were supposed to meet this guy for lunch in Vancouver. Our offices were in Vancouver, offices in Vancouver, offices in Toronto, offices in London. And uh, we were going to meet for lunch, and they were off at another meeting, and I wandered down from our office to the restaurant we were going to meet this guy. And I was the only one there. So he shows up, and I'm waiting for uh, these guys to get back to me, and, and this is back in 99, so they're calling me. There wasn't even really texting at that point. Um, they're calling me, and they're saying, you know, we're stuck in traffic. Uh, we'll be there shortly. And uh, so we, we have lunch. We start chatting. I kind of tell them my idea about the website. We mostly just chat about life. This guy is worth half a billion dollars. And we're chit-chatting away, and then they never show up. These guys don't show up. They call, we can't get there. We're stuck in traffic, you know, Vancouver traffic. The bridges are one lane, blah, blah, blah. And he, he says, I'm going I'm to go, to the, go to the, get up and go to the washroom. So he goes to go to the bathroom, and he, and he, and he comes back. But while he's gone, I actually get up. I walk over to our server, and I say, can I grab the bill off you? And I pay the bill. So bill gets paid. He comes back from the bathroom and he says, all right, well, I got to go back to work. I'm sorry, I, you know, your guys aren't here, but I got to go. I got I got a business to run. I'll grab the bill, to which I said, all good. Bill's paid for. Don't worry about it. Thanks for wasting, no, not sorry for wasting your time. Thanks for listening to, to my, my little story. And, and I think about half of, the, half of the conversation was nothing about our business. It was about what I did, how I created my speaking business, how I worked with kids at the camp. And 
Later on that afternoon, uh, back in the office, um, Tom, our CFO, says, what the hell did you say to this guy? <laughs> so immediately, what's going through your head when he says that? That's... I'm like, crap, what did what? I say? I don't think I did. I think we had a nice conversation. He said, because he's given us five million bucks. And I said, I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't even give him a number. He goes, well, I'd already told him that we were looking for five million. I said, well, I don't know. He goes, because he wants, to, he wants to invest. He wants to come over this afternoon and give us a check. Wow. So later on that day, about four o'clock in the afternoon, this guy shows up with a, I assume the check. And I don't, I don't know if it was the whole thing or half of it, but it was a multi-million dollar check. And I go to thank him, and I said, what did I say? Like, what was the, what did I, what did I do? And he says to me, I gave you the. I gave you the, the check. I invested because you bought me lunch. Really? That, that gesture alone? And I said, what do you mean? He said, do you know how many people ask me for money in this day and age in the dot-com yeah. boom? He said, no one's ever bought me lunch because I always have way more money than they do. But you bought me lunch. And he didn't make a big deal of it. He didn't say, I'm buying you lunch. Yeah. He just paid for it. When I was off, away from the table, I came back, it was done. He said, that's the... That's the person I want to be in business with. Someone who will just do that. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's how he raised that money. Anyway, that's not the failure. That's a success. Yeah, sure. But the failure um, comes from the fact that we had no revenues. So we actually ended up building the world's first regular broadcast television show on the internet. Uh, OP4Cast, OP4 it was called. It was a weekly show, about a half an hour long, with about just pop culture and stuff. And we had like an in-house band, and we had a couple of hosts, we had guests, and we did little segments and stuff. And it was produced in Toronto. We had a multi-million dollar studio we built in the Toronto Star Building. It was like state-of-the-art. I mean, it was incredible. The problem was that nobody had broadband. Mm -hmm. It wasn't broadband internet like there is today. It was a rare thing to have. So as we launched the show, People would watch it, and then as the, as the as the traffic built up, it would just crash, yeah, yeah. and it would freeze, and no one could ever watch the show. So it was a bit of a failure. It was really cool. We did I think we did about forty episodes of it in total, but it was around uh, Christmas time, about uh, early December, first week of December, when our CFO called and said, "We're we're broke, we have no money," and he said, "So you got to fire everybody. You're the president." <laughs> nice nice call to get. And so we had about 20 employees in Vancouver. We had about 10 employees in Toronto and about 10 employees in London. And I had to call each one of those employees less than three weeks before Christmas and say, you're done. And I don't think you're getting your next paycheck. In what? fact, I'm pretty confident you're not getting paid. Were there any signs leading up to that? Like, how, like was it? Well, we didn't get any revenue. The biggest sign probably was we had our big launch. Which we launched. We actually rented a a warehouse, a movie studio warehouse. We had kids brought in from all over. We had lights and equipment. We had a big party. We did a whole bar downtown Toronto for the first show of OP Forecast. And I remember when we launched the OP Forecast show and the um, we had the big party. My CFO said, "I forgot my credit cards, Duke. Can you put it on your credit card?" <laughs> I don't have the company credit card, but I had my company, my YLCC credit card. Yeah. So I put the $14,000 dinner mm. and drinks on my credit card, and I, I kind of felt un, unner, unnerved about that. Yeah. And I realized, oh my God, like, I don't, I don't think I'm getting this money back. Yeah. But I was hopeful. And then we just couldn't, we couldn't raise enough money, and, and then the, the dot-com, the, the market crashed in 2000, and just and that, when, it, when it all died. And I remember calling these people and saying, you're not getting paid. So what you want to do is that computer on your desk, that brand new Dell computer, 
take that home with you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just take it home with you after work today because that's how you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. And that was, a, that was a big, huge failure. We went from being valued at $140 million um, about four months earlier. We had valuations were close to 100, 136 and change million dollars uh, to our pennies. We were worth pennies. Our shares were worth, were, they were nothing. They were, they were worthless. And that failure alone would have, I think, put most people on the sidelines. Sure. And I'm not saying I wasn't destroyed, um, but I will tell you that um, it was it was heart wrenching, going from what you thought was the biggest thing ever to to nothing. And I think if I look back at it, one of the things was when I started op4.com originally Urban Dog and then Echo Drive and then OP4. It was a, a three different names we had for it. But when we launched OP4.com, my, my hope was to build a place that kids could go to, teenagers could go to, feel safe, interact with each other. It was like an early Facebook. It was mm -hmm. Facebook before Facebook. Sure. Um, you had your own profile. You could write articles. You could, you could, you could, you could uh, um, put, upload your own picture of yourself. It wasn't as much as Facebook was, but it was an early Facebook, and it was just a little before its time. But I, I would say what, what changed was I, I wanted to create a safe place for kids to interact um, about you know entertainment, education, and empowerment, OP4, our place for. Um, and when I brought my partners in, it became how much money can we make? Right, yeah. How do we take advantage of the wave of dot-coms? And I think that my biggest mistake, my biggest failure, was leaving purpose and pursuing profit. And it's a prime example of how that could you know, be yeah. the downfall of, of different businesses. Right? And I think my lesson from that was that I... I, I, would, I never wanted to pursue profit before purpose ever again. Yeah. So that was a huge failure. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a crap load of failures that I've had since then. But that was probably my, my big one. Mm -hmm. You? Well, you know, and that's such a, for me, obviously on, a, on, a, on as far as a, an economic scale, on a little, little smaller scale, much smaller scale, but it was, um, you know, starting something as an entrepreneur and then being told like, you know, it's not gonna work. You know, we started when I started the, the boom done breakups and, and what have you and, you know, knocking on doors being like, you know, this would be great. You can have by then it was a little bit later in the game than when OP4. So this is in 2006. Facebook was already invented yeah. or just being invented. And so we recognized in order to um, in order to scale things, we needed we needed advertisement. We needed people on, on, on board. Right. And so knocking on doors and having people be like, you know, this is going to be the next, you know, FML, this is going to be, you know, a site where people are going to want to go to and then constantly getting no, no, no. Yeah. And then realizing though, under the same thing, I remember I had a very candid conversation with my mom of all people. We're sitting down. Um, at that point, I, I quit my job as a teacher. I just, you know, lean, like tried to do my best to lean into what I was doing and uh, was working, you know, construction during the day, working on my, my to, to pay the bills and working on my project at night and all morning and such. And, and then getting all these no's and getting discouraged and then, you know, having a kind of conversation with my mom and I'll never forget, she's like, Nick, you've always prided yourself on trying to help people. She's yeah. like, it seems to me like you're going for, you know, a windfall, you know? And it, so again, you know, bringing it back to what we talked about a couple episodes ago, it's like, you know, profit over um, purpose, purpose is, is not going to work. And so she said to me, she's like, you know, what are you, what are you in this for? She's like, you, you are, you're always your best self. And I'll, I'm never forget, I wasn't young. I was, you know, in my late twenties. And she said, you're always your best person when you're always looking out for others and trying to do best by others. And she's like, so why don't you start turning your, you know, your intention towards something like that? And, and she was on, she was, she was right on. And at that point I realized, I'm like, you know what? You're right. I, I don't need to be following this path right. that I'm not really too passionate about. Changed my, my business to what I wanted to do and what we're, you know, one of the things we're doing now, going in, helping kids and things of that nature. 
and you know here we are seven eight almost ten years later still doing it yeah you, you think that when you had your 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 dot what was it boom uh boom done breakups.com yeah that one i can't even say it well boom, that's a, yeah boom it, dot bomb. it might be there lies the problem boom why nobody bomb. went visited the site boom dot bomb boom dot breakups boom dot no boom done boom, boom done, done breakups so you're putting words in my mouth <laughs> boom done breakups when you had boom done breakups did you did you, i tried to buy the boom done by the way and the guy was like no I look, you know, you can look them up. Yeah. So I, I tried to register boomdone.com, boom, boomdone.com, and it was gone. And so I, you know, you can look it up and see. What it some guy in the states had it, and I was like, try to buy it back. Yeah, absolutely, I did. And he's just like, now I'm not interested. I'm like, come on, what, what, what do you think? He's like, I don't know, five hundred thousand. I'm like, okay, we're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny story with that, that and, and it was uh, the after op4.com died. We let the uh, website um, mm-hmm. lapse, right? And so we're talking thirty-five bucks a year for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we let it, we let it lapse. And then we had, what we'd done for our marketing campaign was we bought these national DJ companies would advertise uh, OP4 at their dance, school dance, high school dances. Yeah. And so they, one company, we had dropped about $75,000 uh, to buy a whole year's worth of advertising. So they'd show videos and they would show, it was way ahead of their time too, they would show these commercials amongst the videos. And we had this great, really cool high-end OP4.com commercial we made. Um, really, really cool. I wish I could still find it. But um, anyway... The, the website, uh, it was in the middle of the, it was like February or, or something like that when the website actually uh, lapsed. Someone bought it, and but they, this, this, this DJ company still had all the op4.com branding on everything. They said that they had banners. Um, they weren't showing the commercial where they had all these banners made up, right? Because they had spent all this money on them and it was half a school year left. Anyway, I get this uh, message from someone saying, um, op4.com is no longer op4.com. And... Well, what I thought had happened was we had made a splash page. It just said op4.com, thanks for the journey, it's done type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost a black screen with a, with a logo on it and said thanks, thanks for the journey or something like that. And, but what happened is it was bought by a hardcore pornography website. Oh, wow. And we're advertising this in schools. Oh, no. Yeah. So op4.com becomes this hardcore porn site. <laughs> and we're aver- literally advertising right across Canada. Like in, go to, and it, so, oh. yeah, that's why you want to own your websites. Well, it just forever and just forever like, entrepreneurs you know, do never let them lapse. If your brand or name is connected to any website, buy it and buy it forever. Yeah. Spend the thirty-five bucks a year. Yeah, exactly. Never lose it. Well, a quick a quick story going before we go on to the question you're going to ask, uh, Drew Houston, who um, I think it's Drew Houston, he started Dropbox. Yeah. He didn't own Dropbox.com, and really interesting story. So when they started Dropbox and they were having these investors and stuff, him and his partner started. They started the dot com. It was getdropbox.com, and so they kept asking this guy. You could look it up. They were asking this guy, and he was from San Francisco or whatever it was. And the guy kept saying, "Now I'm going to work on a project." He's like, "Come on, I'll give it to you. Come on, come on, come on, come on." So anyway, he just kept, the guy kept saying no. Kept saying no. They actually went and visited the guy, and he's just like, "What's it going to take?" And the, and the guy's like, "Listen, I'm not interested in selling it, you know." But then what happened was he started buying, you know, AdWords. And so what, the, what they did from uh, what Drew Houston and his partner did, went to the lawyer and said, listen, you, they can't make money. He can't make money on our, like they're deliberately misguiding our, our potential clients. So they sent him a, they sent him a cease and assist and, and, yeah. and they're going to sue him. So the guy's like, okay, listen, we'll, we'll work something out. So he said, this is what we can offer you. He's like, we'll give you money. You can make an offer or we'll give you, um, we'll give you stock in the company. And the guy's like, just give me money, 300,000. He's like, okay, 300,000. He goes, I laugh because if he took the stock, 
probably be oh. worth about 300 million right now. <laughs> he's oh. like, you know, I don't wish him any, any harm, but the reality of it is, he's like, that's how important you're getting your .com is, right? So now they have, you know, dropbox.com. And that, and that was a shortened version of this. You can, watch, you can listen to the whole story. In Short-term terms. gains. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Give me 300,000. And if you would have said, okay, I'll take stock in your company, that stock he said would be worth 300 million. So there you go. Short-term gains is right. So well, not very I, entrepreneurial. I actually reached out to the, I found out who owned the op4.com and it was a mom. With the porn site? Yeah. So she would buy up websites and she would just redirect them to these porn sites. So she, they weren't, she didn't run the porn sites. She would just redirect them. Uh, okay. And anytime people went through through the, you know, through the algorithms, she would make money off it, basically click, clicking. Yeah. And uh, so I actually reached out to her. I found out what I said. Hi, this is what this website was. It's a kid's youth-based website. Can you please? I didn't know it was a woman. I said, I, I found out at the company. I said, can you please? And, you know, this is really, really bad. Like, kids are going to this and it's directing them. And the email I got was from a mom, and she said, as a mom, I understand your concerns. And so she changed the website to being like some generic, like yeah. fake website, like search engine. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, like it was, I was luckier. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So. But uh, anyway, so failure, talk to me. So fa- failure is huge. And I, I think you learn more from failure. And I mean, everything, every great lesson I've ever had in entrepreneurship has, has come from failure. And that's why I love these people who run these entrepreneurship um help groups or like uh, social groups or like masterminds of entre- all 20 something entrepreneurs and they're great for camaraderie and fun but like I'm never going to get help from you like I'm never mm-hmm. you're never going to help me yeah. because you haven't failed enough yet you don't you don't know the successes and the failures what they really you don't uh, for me that's anyway for me like I on a daily basis I go through things that are so huge and so big like I'm at such a point now we have over 100 staff and 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 we had we deal with so much stuff now that like you on your own working by yourself on your whatever it is you're working on is great you're self-employed keep going good for you but for me the failures I've had over 26 years almost 27 years now have have made me be able to weather the crappy time, the bad times. So, so then what? Let's 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 like divulge into that. Delve, delve into that a little bit. Is what are some like you know, like actual failures? So not you, great story about you know, OP four. But what are some actual lessons that you've learned? Like what what is it that you've learned from those failures? I mean, we both had them. Yeah. And and so, but we talk about it, something concrete that our listeners can look at and be like. Oh, you know what? Yeah, he stayed consistent, or he's committed, or yeah. it's the drive, it's the everyday. Like, what is? What are some of the things that you? Because I know as an entrepreneur like for myself, and I'll, I'll just say one quick, just to kind of give you some reference point of reference, is that for me, it is staying committed to my why, staying committed to my cause, and mm-hmm. and so how many times have we had so many? And I know I speak in we's because I know you've done the same thing, where you know you're coming along, everything's going well, and then you know you got it, you're forced to pivot, or someone's. Through a you know an audible or a curveball at you, yeah. and you're just thinking like, oh my goodness. But then the next morning, I always I always look about. I'm like, how am I going to react tomorrow? Am I going to yeah. lie in bed and feel sorry for myself, or am I going to get up every morning at 4:30 like I try to do and get on with it? And for me, what I've learned about you know failing you know fast and is is the fact that you you got to keep you got to keep grinding and you got to love that process. You know, we talk about it all the time. You and I speak often. Even outside of camera, <laughs> we speak often. And it's one of those things where we always talk about is, yes, the, the destination, you know, people are like, don't worry about it. No, I worry about the destination. I want to get to the highest optimal level I can get to for my family, for the impact that I'm trying to make. But what I've learned from all the people saying no, or this isn't feasible, is staying committed to the process and, right. and loving the process and yeah. loving the no's and understanding the game of business and yeah. recognizing like, no, I'm all in on all this. And, yeah. and I, 
don't want to fail. And if I do, then I'm going to have to keep continuing to move. And I use that failure as learning lessons and, you know, pick your cliche. But the reality of it is one of the things that I've learned by hearing all the no's or things not working, starting businesses that are not working, closing, moving, is staying consistent with the commitment that I have to the, to the process, to the grind. Yeah. Five things. Cool. Five things about failure in entrepreneurship. Number one, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. No matter how great you think your idea is, no matter how great you think you are, no matter how cutting edge you may be, failure is going to happen. Or you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. You're just staying in your little, little box and you're not, you're not, you're not trying hard yeah. enough. Yeah. So, fail, so accept, number one, accept the fact that failure is going to happen. Yep. Okay. Number two, be okay with the fact that failure is going to happen. So failure builds up resiliency. If you understand that failure is going to happen, you have to be okay it's going to happen, which means you can't be... You can't be uh, angry. You can't feel like the world's against you. Failure is going to happen. That's a huge one to to understand that that you're not alone. This is not you're not the world's not an unfair place. It just happens. Um, there's three more, and we'll get to them when we come right back. Number three, understand that there's a lesson in every failure. So one of the best things you can do as an entrepreneur, as a human being in general, is that when you have a failure, is to look at that failure and figure out what it is you've learned from it, right? So there isn't a failure in my life. I'm talking the worst realm, so I'm like a marriage breakup, to losing uh, part of my, to going, I went to going to, to bankrupting one of my companies that I didn't learn from and get better from. So the idea is that you always have the ability to get better from whatever failure you have. So, so what's the lesson? So, so, so go backwards and, you, and whatever happens. So if it goes wrong, go backwards and figure out, okay, what happened? Why did it happen? How does that not happen again? Number four, understand that it'll happen again. All right? So you're going to have another failure. It's going to happen. Um, if it doesn't happen, you're not dreaming big enough, you're not pushing yourself hard enough, uh, you're not growing, right? So, so one failure is not the only failure. I've had 100 failures, you've had dozens of failures. Uh, I just had more because I've been around longer. Mm-hmm. And I'm also known for taking stupid risks um, because I think nothing changes without taking big risks. And then number five, understand that you'll survive the failure. And by that I mean if I lost everything tomorrow, and knock on wood, I have a lot of wood around me, so I can always knock on wood. If I lost everything tomorrow, I would just start over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's having that enthusiasm, right, to, for what you want to do, and and, yeah. and your drive, and your passion, and your your purpose. Yeah. And again, like if you you lose it all, just yeah, I'd be able to start from scratch and start again. Know that in up. your worst days, mm-hmm. tomorrow will come. That's right. Yeah. Right? And you can start over again. This is one of my favorite quotes ever is this quote right here. I love this quote. Uh, if you can't see it, check us out on YouTube. Uh, you'll see all of our slides we have on the set here. But it says, you survived 100% of your worst days so far. And I love that. Right? Like, you survived the, you survived the failure. You survived it. You're still... And I mean, it, it, you, there are failures that are harder to come back than others. There are failures that I think if you... I think you said, you know, you, you, you wake up in the morning... And you look at it differently. Yep. And there's also, I, my daughter always says, I, I say this too much, but often 
what seems bad five years from now will not seem bad at all. So do the five-year thing. So stop and track, stop your tracks and say, in five years, will this matter? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Right? In five years, will this matter? In five years, will it matter that I didn't get the client I wanted, that I didn't uh, reach that person I wanted to reach, that I, did, I, I turned down for that contract, whatever. Will it matter in five years? And if you're moving forward every day, it won't matter. Absolutely. It'll seem tiny yeah. in comparison. And so in, in wrapping this up, if we were to give one, you know, so here's the thing. We're going to give one nugget that we want our listeners to listen to from our failures. For me, it's, you know what, if you're going to fail, we're all going to fail. It's inevitable. It's making sure you get up the next morning and continuing to be consistent. Mm-hmm. In later episodes, you and I will talk about the importance of, you know, our mornings and, and, and things like that, getting yourself optimal for that. But the one lesson that I'll take from it or that we want our listeners from my side of things is, is just stay consistent. Keep grinding and fall in love with the purpose or the process because that's what you're working yep. towards your purpose. What would you finish with? Fail big. If you're going to fail, man, fail big, fail hard, fail fast. Fail fast. Yeah. And uh, if things aren't working out for you, then there's either you're not putting enough into it or it's not supposed to happen. Um, and so, uh, but know that if you don't, if you're not successful uh, right away, it, it may take um, time. It may take more time. I remember when we launched our program with, uh, we do an amazing program with Canada's Wonderland every year. Um, we have for six years, we, we bring in programs into Wonderland. The first year we did it, they had hoped to have 800 people. We had 300 people the first year and they were like, ah, oh, this is a failure. And I remember saying to them, no, we just need time to build the brand and mm-hmm. build the, the, the need for it. And uh, now we have close to 2,000 kids who come out to, Every to year. the Spark program. And had we given up yeah. six years ago, it wouldn't be the program it is now. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have patience. Often failure is just a roadblock or a speed bump. It doesn't mean the journey's over. It means you just need patience to either regroup, uh, reroute, um, or redo whatever you're doing, yeah. um, and then you can continue on that way. Yeah, so failures, uh, failures lead to success, man. Absolutely. It's all part of the journey on, uh, on being an entrepreneur. Yeah, no and I, I assume that you know, we're four episodes into uh, The Authentic Entrepreneur, and I hope there are 10,000 listeners right now. There may be 17 listeners right now, yep. but we're going to keep going. We'll, oh, keep, yeah. we'll keep recording it, and a year from now, maybe we'll have 27 listeners. Yeah, which will be uh, a lot better than we had to start, which was zero. Which was zero, <laughs> and we'll keep growing. So, uh, yeah, don't be afraid of failure. Absolutely. Well said. That's if you it. want to look us up on the AuthenticEntrepreneur.biz, we, uh, we would love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, if you have anything, any questions, please let us know for future episodes. We will bring them in yeah. as we start growing here. Hey, we'll start answering questions and um, yeah, throw, us your, throw us your questions. We'd yeah. love to. Uh, and uh, Nick and I are always, uh, you know, we're not experts in everything. Uh, we're not perfect in any way, shape, or form. And uh, we want to learn too. So uh, share with us. And if you want to be on the show, you have a story for the show, just drop us a line. And uh, we're also looking for, we're going to throw this out to you. We're also looking for uh, a brewer. Yes. Uh, we want a craft brewery. Yep. Here's our, here's our, here's our, here's our, here's our, our plug. We want a, a, a craft brewer for every episode. Yep. And so you send us your beer. This is serious. We'll have it on the show. And if we like the beer, we'll bring someone from your brewery to tell the story of how you built up your brand, how you built up your, um, your, your, your brewery, like how you, how, you, how you made whatever it is awesome and what your differential is. Which is a huge announcement, by the way, because we are both beer drinkers. Yeah. And we love beer. So Yeah. So, yeah. Bring, so send us your beer. And secondly, also, the other part is to send us your favorite. This is what we're going to do. Speaking of failure, 
Send us your most epic failure in business. Send us that story. The best ones we'll read on the next podcast. So keep in mind, send us your most epic failure ever. Yeah, that'd be great. And we'll read them. And we'll, and we'll comment and critique them. Absolutely. And we'll give an award out. We will give uh, the award, first ever, uh, Authentic Entrepreneur Failure Award. Greatest Failure Award. Yeah, and so we'll have a, we'll have a trophy and a plaque and we'll, we'll, we'll send it to you. Uh, and you'll maybe go up here on the wall behind us as the most epic fail ever. And recognize that we're with you. Right, like we're oh, yeah. totally the only reason why we want you to like we're not we're not making we're, we are celebrating your failures. We want you to embrace failure, absolutely, and that's embrace it. Don't don't be scared of failure. Yeah. Run towards failure. Yeah. Do not be afraid of it. Failure is fantastic. Absolutely. Failure is fantastic. Hashtag yeah. Failure, failure is, is fantastic. Failure is fantastic because we know we have about a thousand more failures in us, 100%. and probably more than that. So 100%. we're looking forward to celebrating our failures with you. See you next time on the Authentic Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Peace out.